0: Hello everyone and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We're the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members and we will keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. It's hard not to notice how education underfunding has impacted parents, teachers, and most importantly, students. At the end of the last legislative session in July 2018, the Commonwealth had an opportunity to remedy the foundation budget formula, which would have updated Massachusetts funding calculations calculations that have not been updated in over 25 years. Sadly, despite the Massachusetts Senate passing their legislative version, the House did not. No compromise could be reached despite discussions that lasted well into the 11th hour on the last day of the session. For the many advocates of correcting the funding shortfall, now estimated to be one to two billion with a B dollars every year, This was a discouraging moment. However, not content to just let things lie, a broad coalition of groups almost immediately began to work together to strategize bringing a funding bill before the new legislature to be seated in January 2019. The new K-12 funding bill is named the Promise Act. An additional and important act, the Cherish Act, is also moving through the Massachusetts State House and will provide financial relief to higher education students. We will provide links to both of these very important pieces of legislation on our podcast website, as well as some future plans and ways you might become involved in ensuring both acts are passed this year. On March 11th, 2019, Lowell Education Justice Alliance, or LEJA sponsored a legislative forum. Along with LASIA, our grassroots advocacy group, there were many other local Merrimack Valley and statewide groups working collaboratively to bring local statehouse legislators, school officials, educators, parents, and students together for a conversation about how underfunding our public schools and out-of-control higher education costs are impacting constituents in the Merrimack Valley. Our podcast today takes a somewhat different format, in that we also asked a few of the participants in the Lowell Legislative Forum to talk to us about the importance of enacting both the Promise Act and the Cherish Act. Since 1993, Massachusetts has had a foundation budget which was devised to calculate the amount of funding each city and town in Massachusetts must contribute toward the education of children within its district. That calculation was, and is, based on a complicated formula that takes into consideration the community's socioeconomics and student population makeup. In addition to computing the minimum amount a community should provide toward local public education, the Foundation calculated an amount of funding that the municipality could count on from the Commonwealth. While costs over the 26 years that the foundation budget has been in effect have risen dramatically, the Commonwealth has failed to implement any revisions to their calculations. And that is a problem for public schools across the Commonwealth. Many cities and towns cannot compensate for the shortfall that results from using outdated calculations to fund 21st century education. What is the impact? And why is passing the Promise Act important to Lowell? We asked that question at last week's legislative forum. Here is Lowell parent and community ally, Debbie Caverly. Debbie, would you tell us why it's so important to pass the Promise and the Cherish Acts? Because we are so severely underfunded and we need the funds in order to properly educate our children in Massachusetts. In real terms, our public schools need to address the needs of our students. By focusing foundation budget reforms on three higher-need student populations, as the Promise Act does, public school districts with higher populations of English language learners, or ELLs, special education and low-income students will receive funding that will provide the services these children need in order to be most successful. Listen here to teacher Laura Lamar Anderson. The burning issue is the number of staff people. So we have a high needs population in all of our schools and it costs more to educate them. So we need to spend the money on more special education teachers, more English language learner teachers, and more social workers and guidance counselors in the schools. At the last school committee meeting, school administrators reported on the homeless student population in Lowell. The number, which many believe may be understated, was an astounding 982 students as of March 1st. That represents 5% of our school's student population. What if instead of cutting staff and services, our schools were adequately funded to include more social workers, counselors, and health professionals who are trained to help students living in traumatic situations, such as becoming homeless. It's not just K-12 education that is shortchanged by the Commonwealth, however. With astronomically rising fees and tuitions at Massachusetts public colleges and universities, public higher education is also impacted by lack of funding commitments from Massachusetts. Jack Bove, a UML junior and Public Higher Education Network of Massachusetts, or VNOM member, tells us. We have students who don't go to the school because cost is a barrier. We have people who drop out because they suddenly can't afford it, or tuition has been raised, or they've lost some aid. So that new funding that comes from the Cherish Act, that tuition freeze, that brings students like me peace of mind that we generally don't get to have. And so that's why I'm so passionate about getting this bill passed. Yet, with so many students, parents, educators, and community members all clamoring for the state legislature to do something, some remain unconvinced. At Lowell's Legislative Forum, eight Merrimack Valley State Senators and State Representatives, or their aides, attended. Four of those legislators, Senator Ed Kennedy, Representative mom Representative Tammy Kovea, and Senator Barry Feingold, are committed to seeing this funding legislation passed. Four, including two Lowell representatives, Rep. Golden and Rep. Nangle, remained uncommitted. Can we change the minds of those who are not yet committed? We hope so, and to that end, we asked some of our forum attendees why updating the Foundation Budget and updating it now was of critical importance. From class offerings that fill up, to facilities that cry out for updating, to having to redirect money for scholarship in order to replace damaged ROTC uniforms, students are feeling the impact of school budgets in crisis due to lack of state education funding. Listen to three students from Lowell High School. Okay, um, my name is Colin Martin. I'm a senior at Lowell High School, and one thing that is important to me is better funding for STEM classrooms. And you mentioned that uh, you're anticipating studying computer science yeah so my um, major next year is computer security and information technology I'm gonna be going to a military institute next year which is going to lead into a career in the military so better stem classrooms would help me into that help me get into that field better so I'm well prepared for college and I don't think that Lo has offered that for me Hi, my name is Laura Goncalves, I'm a senior at Lowell High School and I would like to see better funding for just the Lowell High School buildings in general because, for example, one day I came into school and I had found out that the elevator in our school had crashed so half of our building was shut down and I had to have class in the auditorium with a few other classrooms, like six other classrooms, so that was like a couple hundred kids in the auditorium and that was so distracting. I didn't learn anything and all my friends didn't learn anything and that's just not a learning environment for kids to have to be able to go to school and sit in an auditorium and forcefully learn with a bunch of chaos going on in the back. Hi my name is Nayeli I'm also a senior at Lowell High School and to add on to what Laura said when she talked about the elevator problem it's gotten so bad that the smell had ruined our ROTC uniforms and we had to throw out a a, a numerous amount of uniforms and that cost us a lot of funding within the ROTC program that we could have used for scholarships for seniors and I hope we get more funding for our infrastructure in our school. And of course, educators have been on the front lines of making up shortfalls in order to ensure their classrooms and students have a strong public education experience. Recently, United Teachers of Lowell members were surveyed about the amount of their own financial resources that were needed to provide materials and supplies for classrooms and students. With over 25 percent of our members reporting, The average annual out-of-pocket outlay was pegged at $618. Several teachers reported spending amounts of $1,000 or $2,000 of their own money for classroom materials. In addition, teachers also wrote about the amount of funding received through crowdsource resources like DonorsChoose, or GoFundMe, as well as some smaller grants that teachers personally applied for and received. We know that Lowell Public School educators applied for and were granted $126,380. Extending the average teacher out-of-pocket spending by about 1,100 teachers means that with the crowdsource and grant funds, Lowell Public School educators contributed over $805,000 of their own funds in order to ensure classrooms and students were more fully supplied. I don't know of any other profession where there is an expectation that employees contribute monetarily to fund their workplace in this way. But it isn't just supplies that are missing from our public schools. Listen as elementary teacher Susan Yovani talks about the devastating cuts made in 2018's budget cycle, which effectively closed our K-8 libraries. We have lost our media specialists librarians. We no longer have them. We don't even have library aides. So uh, we, at the elementary school that I teach at, we have a non-functioning library and if that's not something to be ashamed about i don't know what is we need all our members as well as concerned parents students and community allies to become vocal and active on this legislation according to massachusetts budget and policy office lowell public schools foundation budget shortfall is nearly 42 million dollars Each year. Imagine what our schools could do for our students and their families with adequate funding to reopen school libraries, to supply classrooms with materials, and to have the personnel resources to address students needs by having smaller class sizes and adequate social workers, counselors, and health professionals in schools. However, in order to do these things we need to fund our future. We encourage you to explore some of the ways you can become more vocal about our students and schools' needs by visiting our podcast website, utl495-straighttalk.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, or if you are aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share experience or expertise, send us an email at our email address utlstraighttalk@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We will be back with another podcast episode in another week, but until then, this is Amy Bisson with Mickey Dumont wishing you a great week.